Well, good morning, and everybody welcome to our, our service this morning. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Yes. yes? A little, little cooler in here than the humidity out there, right? Don't complain. Don't complain. Snow's around the corner. Amen. Well, I'm so glad you're with us today. Um, I said at the first service, I'm, 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 I'm upset that summer's ending just because I love the heat and the sun. But I'm, I'm happy summer's ending because the, the, the jealous, the, the pastor who loves to be with the church family is excited because when fall comes back, camping and all that stuff that we do, which we should do with our families because it's so important to invest in one another, slows down. And so we get to gather with greater numbers and, and really do what God wants us to do. But you, I'm so glad you're with us. I'm glad you're with us online today or if you're listening right now. I have a word that I believe is uh, going to challenge some of you on how you think church should be, how you perceive church to be. Uh, I have a word that will excite other people. And I pray that I have a word that you don't leave here going, what was that all about? You know, that's my prayer there. My title of today's message is reactions to a move of the Spirit. But before I get into the Word, i gotta, I got to go back in history. i got to go back in time. i got to go back to February 7th, 1964. It was February 7th, 1964, that an airplane was loaded with people in London. And that plane loaded up with people and the doors closed and the plane took off from the London, I believe it's called Heathrow or Heathrow, uh, International Airport, and it departed for America. And I don't know how long the journey was because planes are different now than they were then, but the plane eventually landed at JFK in New York City. When the plane came to a, a landing point and the doors opened up, four individuals stepped out that would change the course of music and history. Their names were John, Ringo, Paul, and George. Many of you know them as the Beatles. It was the beginning of Beatlemania. And the reason I tell you this goes along with our message because it was that day that the world went crazy for four mere men. That girls would scream and chase them down the street, trying to get into their hotel rooms, finding out where they were. It was men and women that would cheer and sweat and dance at their concerts. People were passing out and fainting. People were shaking in their presence. Their presence brought a reaction to the physical beings of people that were there with them. Fast forward to 2022, August 21st, 10.39 a.m. People do the same in America and throughout the world. We're moved to reaction by professional athletes, by rock stars, by movie stars, by politicians and pastors and worship teams and worship pastors. We're moved to have reactions when they step into the room, when we get close to them. We shout, we scream, we ask for autographs, we laugh, we cry. Some of us, I don't know if people are still fainting at concerts, but some people get so worked up that they actually faint in the presence of mere man. Now, is any of that wrong? Nah. Unless that person is put above Jesus Christ. 
Then they're an idol, then it's wrong. I was at the game yesterday with my wife. We were yelling and shouting and high-fiving and clapping for our team. It was a reaction. But we came in this morning, and we worshiped, and we reacted to the Spirit of God. See, because the reality is, why isn't the church responding the same way to Jesus as we do to the world? Was that too cold of water? <laughs> this early? Okay, thank you. Why are we not having a reaction like that when it comes to Jesus moving in our midst, in our church services, in our small group, in our home prayer with our children, in our devotional time? Why are we not reacting the way that we should be in the presence of the King of Kings? Because that's what today's message is about. Because when Jesus shows up, there should be a reaction. There should be a reaction. And, and i got to say this because this is going to creep some people out. But everybody's reactions will be different than the person next to them. And that's okay because we're wired differently. We're individuals. We're not one, one group of the same people. And so how God moves upon you is going to be different how God moves upon me. And how I respond to how God's moving is most likely going to be different than how you respond to how God's moving. And although the outward appearance may be the same, something is different on the inside as God is moving. Somebody with me, shout amen. So, I love what Kenneth Hagin Sr. said. He says, when the natural comes into contact with the supernatural power of God, something has to give way. Something has to give way. When Jesus shows up in our church services, something has to give way. Whether it's in us individually or corporately as a body, something must give way. And I'm willing to, it has to be us. It has to be our wants, our desires, our thoughts of how church should be. Well, you I don't think Jesus went around whispering everywhere he went. I believe there was a time that he might have whispered. I believe there was a time for that. But I don't believe that Jesus was like, you know, talking to Peter, but like, Peter, what were you thinking? Abba, Daddy's not happy with you right now. We come to church, and we get like, we get like a, a, a kindergartner who now saw their, their, their teacher in, in, in a supermarket somewhere like, they don't live, they, they don't live, right? If you're a school teacher, you know what I'm talking about. They don't live in school rooms? No. We get like that in the church. And God wants to move and we're so like clammed up and so tight. We're squeezing our butt cheeks so tight. We're holding our hands and we're going, God, I, wa I was told I, I, I want to shout amen, but I... Church, I come to tell you when the Spirit of God shows up, there's going to be some reactions. Why are you preaching this, Pastor? See, because I've been praying for 30 years for a true outpouring of God's presence in South Towns Christian Center. Now, 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 the Lord hasn't given me a date when this is going to begin to happen, but I'm believing for it to begin to happen. So I'm prepping you that when it really begins, because we saw a great summer of miracles. We saw some great things happen in people's lives. We have salvation. We had healings. We had all this stuff happening at the altars. God is on the throne and in control. But see, that was just a sprinkling. I don't want a sprinkling. I want an outpouring. Okay, so I'm believing in advance 
So when things begin to happen, we're not going, this is weird, this is crazy, what's going on? No, that's God uh, moving and people reacting to the Spirit of God moving. Amen? And so, see, I talked about this with some of my church friends, a.k.a. other pastors and leaders. Some of them don't believe in the Holy Spirit's moving. But if you spend time around me, you may not believe it, but I'm going to talk about it in front of you. Because my question to them was, do you really think if Jesus shows up in the church service, if you allow him to truly show up, we're going to act the same? If Jesus showed up at this coffee table right now, his manifested presence, and we knew it was Jesus, would we be talking the same? Would we be responding the same? Would we not be in our knees worshiping? Would we not maybe be weeping or crying out, Hosanna? Would we not be that way? But we, 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 we get so educationally you know, set away, well, Jesus would never move that way. Really? How do you know that? Because some guy who doesn't believe in the Holy Spirit wrote a commentary and told you he wouldn't move that way? Why don't we get before Jesus and say, God, what are you going to do and what's it going to look like? Right? And so I want to talk about this. I want to talk about our reaction. See, our reaction is a response to a stimulus. That's what reaction means. It's a response to a, a situation or stimulus or some type of treatment. So when Jesus comes in and begins to treat you for your pain and your sorrow, there's going to be a response to your body, physically, emotionally, uh, 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 however it is, but there's going to be a, a, a response to it. We have to be willing to embrace that response. We're going to have to be willing to embrace that response. And I love it because Jesus is not a respecter of people. Right? He's, thank you. He is not a respecter of people. Because I'm going to show you scripturally where Jesus showed up and spoke and people who were totally against him, wanted him dead, fell back in his presence. They responded. Actually, let's go to the scripture. Let's go to the scripture. John chapter 18. Let me read you six verses. This is the betrayal and the arrest of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley because there was a garden which he and his disciples had entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew of this place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. And so Judas, having taken a detachment of soldiers and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came with lanterns and weapons and torches to that place. Jesus, therefore, knowing everything that would happen to him, went forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? And they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, I am he. I am he. Did you catch the I am? Go back to Exodus, I am. And as Judas, who betrayed him, was standing there when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you will teach us as we study other portions of Scripture today that we will be open to what you have for us. In your name I pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. See, when Jesus declared to those individuals that day, those who hated him, those who wanted him dead, those who were looking to bring death and destruction to him, when he declared, I am he, they fell back. See, what happened was there was a display of the majesty 
of God, the divine presence, the divine identity of who Jesus was, was spoken out by word. Breath went out from his mouth and declared who he was. Two words, I am. And the Bible says that they were touched by the presence of God so much that they fell backwards to the ground. Their physical bodies responded to the spoken word from the King of Kings. Their physical bodies responded. A beam of that glorious majesty of his true identity and his divinity was released that day in that garden and that power of God overwhelmed those individuals that day. He didn't have to be led astray. He could have just, you know, fought him and walked away. But no, he knew his purpose and plan. And so he went eventually with them as we know and we know the story of him going to the cross. But he, that day, released the proof of his infinite power. And I love that, that God moved. L- let me encourage you with this. This is just quickened to me. That God moved on the unbeliever that day. That the unbeliever experienced something that they may have never experienced. If you got some unbelieving family members or friends that you, you hang out with or you roll with, you keep praying for them that they too would experience what you experience on a daily basis, the power and the presence of God moving. God's big enough to touch them where they're at. God's big enough to reach down in their situation and pull them out of the muck and mire that so has engulfed them or, or, or held them down. See, but what I love about God is he's just not dealing with the unbeliever because we have to jump to Acts chapter 2. See, Acts chapter 2, the disciples were told and given an assignment. You must go to the upper room and wait because I promised that God would send the Holy Spirit to you. And the Bible says that while in the upper room, that the room began to shake, the heavens opened up, and the Spirit of God descended upon them. Right? Now here's what happened to them. See, because when the Spirit of God touched that upper room, 120 had gathered, hundreds more were, were invited, but they chose not to go. Here's what happened. The room was filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the Bible declares that they began to speak in tongues and act like they were drunk. Church people getting all undignified in the upper room, acting and behaving like they needed to be spanked or something because they're doing that, and they shouldn't be because they're church people, and church people don't act that way. When the Holy Ghost shows up, Put all that dignity, all that, you know, prim and properness aside if God needs it to be put aside. Right? (laughs) They began to shout and and begin to speak in this new tongue. They were actually accused of being drunk. You ever see a drunk person? No, no, hang on a second. Hang hang on a second. Okay, all those who will be honest this morning who had a past, you all see a drunk person before? Right? I saw one yesterday at the stadium. Our team was winning so much by halftime, and it was like 100 degrees on those bleacher seats. I decided, we decided it was time to go back to the pool and get out of the stadium. And so we left at halftime. Now, halftime, halftime. We're talking like 2.15 in the afternoon. We're walking down the sidewalk back to our car. 
because I'm cheap and I had to park way away from the stadium. <laughs> Lady in front of us. Curb about to step in the road. <laughs> Bumps into a pole, gives a little spin. I'm not joking, that's really happened. And my wife and I were like, oh my God, she's not going to make it to her car. You know, and she's just talking away, and, and they're all ignoring her, who she's with. They're just totally ignoring her. So they get to her car, she walks right to the back, to, to the pickup truck, and I said, she is not going for the driver's seat. And she went, and then she realized it was a driver, went back to the back door, and just kind of stood there and stared in the truck after she opened the door. <laughs> but what's crazy is the disciples were, were accused of doing the same. That because of the manifestation of the Spirit of God that fell upon them, there was a reaction in their physical being that led other people to believe that they were drunk on wine. But they were drunk on wine, but it wasn't like wine from the vineyard. It was wine of the, new, of the, of the Spirit of God, the, the Holy Ghost wine, the, 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 the new wine. And so they begin to act a certain way, uh, possibly laughing out loud and staggering and falling down because the Spirit of God overcame them. Why? Because God showed up. And their beings had a reaction to that spirit. God showed up, and he began to move. And they were there, and they were touched by that. And something began to happen. And see, the reality is, each of us is made up of the body, the spirit, and the soul, right? And see, when God shows up, it really begins to move. He begins to touch every ounce of those parts of our being. And there has to be a reaction to it. Like right now, I'm reacting because our air conditioners aren't cold enough up here. My, my body's reacting to the heat. It's about, it's about 100 up here. And, and, I, and I forgot my sweat rag, so I had to get a hanky or some tissues. But my body's reacting to the heat in the building. And so my body reacts to the presence of God when the Spirit comes. But here's the deal. I'm wired different than any of you in this place. And thank God that you're all wired different than each other as well. We're all wired different. And so how God created us and how God formed us and how God made us, we respond different than each other. And let me encourage you, if the Spirit of God begins to move on you, don't try to mimic somebody else and their reaction to what God's going. If someone begins to weep in the presence of God, don't try to weep if, you don't, if you're not a weeper. Maybe you're a laugher. Maybe you're a shouter. Maybe you're an old-fashioned lap runner. Who knows? But what I do know is that when God shows up, there has to be some type of reaction. And we are different, so we act and we respond different. And we react different. Intellectually, some people are more intellectual than others. I said at the first service, I am not the sharpest tool in my shed in my house. I have three other people that are probably more intellectually higher than I am. But we all respond differently to how God would move. My son is very intellectual. He, he, he can read something and remember it forever. He's very that way. And so when he reads Scripture, God shows him things in Scripture that he responds a certain way to that I may not see. Because I'm emotional. I, 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 I'm part of the emotional 
uh, part of God moving. So God will show me something, and, and I won't figure it out intellectually. God will begin to do something. I'll begin to cry, and as I'm crying, God's be doing something in me, showing what he's trying to tell me. Do you, do, you, do you see where I'm going with this? And then there's the physical one. Well, emotionally, we may shout, we may cry, we may laugh. Physically, some of us may stand still. You can't stand still any part of the day. You're fidgety, you're all over the place, you're fixing your shirt all the time, and then all of a sudden God shows up and you're like, hmm. Something happens. Or vice versa. You're, you're normally, like, you know, stoic. Amazing grace. Fingers up. How sweet. But then God shows up, and all of a sudden you become a dancer, a Holy Ghost dancer for God. I had a friend who was a pastor, and I never knew him to be a dancer. See, God had this movement back in the day. It was called the, the Vineyard Movement, the Toronto Blessing Movement. Remember that? And it was in that movement that God touched this young man. And I remember, never forget, we were in a service one day, and worship began, and all of a sudden he started hopping. And I'm going, what? And then all of a sudden his feet started coming up, and arms started coming up. And I'm like, am I in Sunday school or what? But this is like the church service. He began to spin like he was an ex-deadhead, and he's all over the place. Why? Because God t was touching him, and he reacted that way to the Spirit, even though he's not a, a person that had that type of response to God moving. See, God broke something in him, did something in him as the Spirit touched him. And it was awesome. It was amazing. And so some people will lay prostrate. Some people will kneel. And I'm saying all this because I'm preparing you for what may happen. Well, what's probably going to, well, yeah, what's going to happen. When you open yourself up to a move of God, you're going to begin to respond to him. Now, we don't look and worship the response. We don't look to the response because, because someone may not be laughing, someone may not be crying, someone may not be dancing, does not mean someone's not being touched by the Spirit of God. So we never, we never worship the response. We never crave after the response. We always worship and crave after the one who releases the manifestation. That is God Almighty. Okay? So we look for God to release his Spirit to bring what is needed for our church. I don't want the Toronto Blessings anointing. I don't want, you know, you all know Pastor Dennis. I don't want the Tabernacles renewal from the 90s anointing. That's past anointing. That's past the manna that changed and was given for a specific time frame because God has a new anointing, a new mantle, a, a new outpouring for today's day and age for you and, and who you are in your family. I want that anointing. I want that blessing. I want that outpouring of God's spirit. And with that comes reaction. And it may not look like the same. I don't, I don't want to be up here talking like Catherine Coleman. Oh, Holy Ghost. I don't want that. I don't want to be trying to be an Oral Roberts. I don't want to try to be a Stephen Furtick or a Mark Batterson. I want to be Tommy Smarts, and I want God's anointing for this place for what he wants to do here. We don't want to mimic someone else. We don't want someone else's mantle and anointing. We want, God, what do you have here? I don't need the guy 
who leads worship for Elevation Worship. We have Pastor Christian. He has the anointing and mantle that God is going to. We have Kristen and Phil. We have Mark. We have Becca and we have Abby. We have, we have our team that God put together as has been knitting them and gelling them together and anointing them. So we don't need someone else's worship team because God has given us those who would lead us into the presence. But we have to understand this. Sometimes when God begins to move, we may not be able to explain what's happening right away. We may not be able to explain it. Doesn't mean that it's wrong. God will eventually show us and give us the ability, but in the beginning, we, we may not be able to explain it. And, and we can't put it in a box because we don't understand it. We, we, can't, we can't be like, oh, that's not of you, God. How do you know? Well, because. Because God wouldn't do that, really? God created the heavens and earth by speaking it into existence. God sent his son to die. He, he sent his actual son to die. And we're saying God wouldn't have it where he outpours his spirit and someone is laughing out loud being healed because they've been hurt uh, emotionally and physically for 10, 15 years. And the only way they're going to get healing is the Holy Ghost is touching them and they're laughing all the pain out. But God won't do that? No, God will do that. We just have to wait to understand and God, let God reveal to us what he's doing. So we can make sure that it is of God, because I will say this. Some, I know none of you have ever done this. I know I have never done this because we're way too spiritual for this. But some people will respond in the physical and in the emotional and not the spiritual. Do people fall in a prayer line without the anointing over them? Yeah. They get emotionally and they fall. But do people fall in the spirit of God? Yeah, because God's touching them. Do people cry because they're emotional and it's not God? Sure, yeah. Yeah. I cried at the stadium yesterday. I did. I got weepy. And here's why. It was sad. Um, our tight end, Dawson Knox, his baby brother, died over the weekend. They had a memorial for him. They had a moment of silence. I began to get teary. My tears were coming out from my sunglasses, and I just kept wiping them because my heart brought out to that family because now they don't have a 21-year-old son. There was no, God wasn't involved in that. It was my emotions. And so, yeah, we may weep even, but we... We, we, can't put it, we, we, we can't put it in a box. See, we're called to, to steward a move of God. We're not called to control God. Sometimes when God begins to move, we want to control a move of God the way we see fit. Well, God, I'm willing to have you move, but it has to be on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because Tuesdays and Thursdays, I, 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 I play darts, or I, I play bridge, or I play pinochle, or I, or I got this, and so I can't be there then, so we want to make sure that you're only showing up Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And God's like, no, I want to show up seven days a week. Or I want to show up one day a week. Or I want to show up on Sunday mornings. And so we're called to steward it, not control it. I've been a part of things where people begin to control the move of God. And you know what happened? God stopped moving. God stopped moving. He stopped moving. I'm just kind of, I'm all over the map this morning, as you can tell. So every move is going to be different, I believe. Every response will be different. And so let me, let me do this. Let me, let, me, let me scripturally give you some examples, okay? I've been up here shouting, and, and you don't, I didn't even realize, I, I gave you two portions of scripture, but I, I want to give you some more scripture. Because this is what it is. This is what the scripture says. I didn't, 
you know why I didn't like sit at home at my desk and like make this stuff up? Like, uh, hey, you know what? I really think I'm going to get past and reach the clap if I say this. Oh, I didn't do that. I spent time in the presence of God asking, Lord, show me, tell me. Let me study. Let me get to where I need to get to so I make sure that I'm sharing the right thing. And so let me give you some scripture that gives some clear indications about what I'm talking about, people's reaction to God. God shows up, and because the Spirit begins to move, there's, 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 there's a reaction. There's, you know, something happening. And we can go all the way back to the, to the uh, dedication of the Solomon's temple. Because the Bible says that God was so overwhelming because of the cloud of the presence that uh, kind of overtook everything that the priest could not even stand to minister there on the ground in the presence of God. Daniel, in the presence of Gabriel, fell forward. See, in my favorite, though, is this. Acts chapter 9. Paul. The old man known as Saul. This is the best. Again, a religious man. A religious man, a Pharisee of Pharisees, set out to stop the church from growing, set out to stop what was happening, set out to destroy the disciples, set out to stop anyone who would proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior. He decides he's got to continue this mission, and so he is on a journey to Damascus. And on the road to Damascus, all of a sudden, God shows up. The minute God shows up, what happens to Paul? He falls to the ground. He falls in his presence because God shows up. He has a physical reaction to the Spirit of God showing up. And I love what else goes on. And then all of a sudden, God has this amazing conversation with him. Saul gets up, opens up his eyes, and he's blinded. He has scale-like things on his eyes. And God gives him a directive to go to a certain place to see certain people to begin this new journey of instead of destroying the church, building the church. Instead of being a person that speaks against the church, to be one of the greatest evangelists known to mankind. And so here he is in his presence. Paul falls to the ground. Zechariah, in Luke chapter 1, he spends time in the temple with God. And when he came out of the temple, he could no longer speak. And see, the people realized that he was in the presence of God. And after, the child, after Elizabeth's child was born, he was able to Resume. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. The Bible says that Peter, in Acts chapter 10, while in prayer, fell into a trance. Think about that. You're praying and you're pressing in and you're, you're grabbing a hold of the, the garment of God and you're, you're in the Holy of Holies and, and you feel the weightiness and the anointing and all of a sudden you're just like, like a Star Trek thing. You just... I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen. Where people were prayed for and they were praying at the altar and they were standing there in whatever position. And they stood there for the whole service. And then service ended and they were still there. What was happening? Did they just want to be seen? No. See, God was all over them. God was doing something in them. And their only response was to stay where they were at. That was their reaction. Don't move. Stay focused. Listen. That's what happens when God moves. There's reactions. There's shaking. 
Habakkuk said that his legs gave way beneath him and he shook. Laughing. God shows up and has this conversation with Abraham. He begins to laugh in the presence of God. So many different things happen in the presence of God. And so what I want to tell you, though, is that it's not wrong. It's not wrong if it's truly God moving. And they were to embrace what God wants to do. There are times that I'm during worship that I sit. I don't sit because I'm lazy, just so you know that. I sit sometimes because I'm overwhelmed by the Spirit of God and the presence of God. There's times my legs begin to get like shaky and I want to sit down because I don't want to disrupt what God's doing. Honestly, I don't want to fall backwards or forwards and smash this thing or break the back of this thing open and be bleeding all over the pews and the carpet because that'll just throw service totally off. And so I sit because God's doing something and I'm being touched and overwhelmed by it. Sometimes I cry. Sometimes I just weep. Sometimes I just stand there and I'm a, I've had that happen. I don't want to move. I just, I'm so caught up. I don't want to move because I'm afraid if I move, I'll break what God's doing. Now, when there's the ability to respond and react to what God's doing, I believe there's three things that, or three ways that it happens. One is voluntary. God begins to move, so we voluntarily run to the altar. We voluntarily get on our knees. We voluntarily lay prostrate before the King of Kings. See, there's nothing wrong with coming to the altar during worship. There's nothing wrong with coming and worshiping and kneeling before. I said earlier, if, if, if I'm coming to the altar, I'm coming right here, right here, right here. This is where I'm going to stand because I'm dead center to the cross. And every time, if I open my eyes up when I'm worshiping or whatever, I can see the cross and I realize what Jesus did for me. And so I'm not worshiping the cross, I'm worshiping what took place or the person that died on the cross for me and what, took, what, what he did for me. So, 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 so I voluntarily come and I worship. I voluntarily choose to pray. I voluntarily choose in his presence because I'm sensing. See, when I sit down, I voluntarily sit down in his presence because I know if I don't sit down, I just might fall out. So I sit down before it gets to that point. I don't lose focus during it. I just sit down. And so it's important for us that we understand that some of our reactions will be voluntarily. We voluntarily sing, don't we? It's, it's a part of worship. We're going to teach Pastor Christian to teach us to clap so we can voluntarily clap on time. Is that double time when they did that way? Is that See, I'm all about that. I'm all about that double. Come on, brother. I'm all about that right there. Mm. Maybe because I, I, just, I just love that whole gospel. Be Hammond 3. We're going to get you up in the Be Hammond 3. Tear this place up. But I voluntarily react. King David. I love this. King David was so overcome with joy and the presence and the Spirit of God that he voluntarily danced in the street, basically in his underwear. And while he was dancing, 
His wife got so mad at him. I don't know why. What's the big deal? He's worshiping Jesus. My wife did this to me this morning. I said, could you imagine on Havabush Lane? Oh, pastor's at it again. Dancing all undignified before the Lord voluntarily. (laughs) That's what he did. Because the scripture said this. He said this. He even responded to his wife. He says, I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But I will dance before the Lord. He voluntarily responded. Another way, the second out of the three ways, you guys can come up. Phil, can you come up too? And we're gonna, I, I want to sing a chorus of when you come into the room, if we could, in a moment. If Christian, you can come up too. Anyone on the worship team can come up and bring everybody up. But the second thing about our reactions is that we can react because of the heavy burden of what's going on in the spirit realm or even the weightiness of the anointing. I think of Jesus, because if you read a little bit further from the Last Supper that we, when we took our communion, it says Jesus went off to pray, and there he had such a heavy burden for what was about to happen. And, and, and it changed, and he, and he, and he did some things, and, 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 and sometimes under the heavy weight of the burden of what's going on, the burden of being in prayer, travailing, interceding. There could be a heaviness where we begin to fall out. We begin to get to our knees. We begin to, to sit down and we just be, might begin to weep or whatever, however God's dealing with you. But that heaviness of the burden of what's happening in our prayer life. And then the last one is simply this. We're overwhelmed by the presence of God. We're overwhelmed. We, we see that sometimes in the prayer line. I said it earlier, and I'm going to say it again here. No, I'm not saying it's never happened in other churches, but I know our our team, my team here, we never push anybody down during prayer. It's wrong. When you see someone fall out, that's the Spirit of God. But it also may be flesh. I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, that has to be with the person. But understand this, there are times when you go to walk to someone and you lift your hand up and I go to pray with someone and all of a sudden they're straight down this way. What happened? Well, the Spirit of God overcame them. Now that might seem strange to people, but I just gave you a bunch of examples in the Bible that that you're like, holy cow. So it's not strange, or it shouldn't be strange, Reactions should be more common when God moves. I think it's strange that spirit-filled churches or people who believe in the Holy Spirit and God begins to move and nothing's happening. I think that's strange to me. Because everywhere I read when the Holy Ghost shows up and God begins to minister, something happens. And so sometimes people will fall because they're so overcome by the Spirit of God. Sometimes people will begin to shake. Sometimes people will begin to laugh or cry. Sometimes people will just begin to, however their body reacts to what God's doing. It happens. And I'm sharing this with you because I'm believing for revival. I'm believing for an outpouring of God's presence in such a dimension. And I don't know what that means or what it even holds. To tell you I know, I don't know. 
But I want you to be ready for when God really begins to move greater than he has been. <laughs> that we're not going, holy cow, this is getting kind of, oh. And we'll always answer questions. Myself and the rest of the pet will always answer questions and try to help you understand what's happening. So you're not walking out of here scratching your head going, that was different. That person cried the whole service from worship to the end of service. Now, if you get all crazy up in the Holy Spirit, we may have to ask you to go worship in the closet. And if you're offended by that, then, then to me, then you're really not in the Spirit. See, because if I'm caught up in the Spirit, I'll worship anywhere. You want me to go to my car? If I, if I jump off this platform or go to my car, you know I'm up in the Holy Ghost. I say that because that happened to Bishop Tom one day. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, Bishop Tom was brought up underneath uh, Leroy Jones from the Cold Springs Church of Christ in the city. Bishop Tom preached there. One day, Bishop Tom was sitting on the pew. He's sitting next to Miss Velma. And Bishop Leroy's preaching. And they had, a, they had a railing across the front. He got so caught up in the Holy Spirit that he jumped over the railing and he ran out. They had a center aisle, ran right out the center aisle and out the back door. Everyone sat there waiting for Bishop to come back. Bishop never came back. <laughs> Miss Velma looked at my, my father and says, That fool. Tom, you got to go finish that message. <laughs> Bishop Tom had to get up off the front pew and walk up onto that platform and finish that message that Sunday morning. And you know what? He was able to do that. Why? Because when he stepped into the platform, the anointing overcame him, and he reacted and responded to what God wanted him to say and how God wanted him to say it. And it was a powerful Sunday morning service. So we don't know what could happen. And I'm, not, and I'm not looking, listen, I'm not looking for all the crazy, I'm, I'm, I'm just preparing if, if, so, if something does break out, you, you know what's happening. Because again, we never look for that. We always look for the creator. We never look for the, 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 the physical manifestation. We always look for the Holy Spirit. We never worship what's happening. We always worship the one that's releasing his anointing. Can't get it all sideways. We gotta make sure that we're focused. And so let's stand to our feet this morning as we just take a moment. Because I believe right now some of you need a touch from God where you're at. Some of you need that touch. Some of you, God's been knocking at your heart and you've been, re, you've been rejecting moving on it. You've been like, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not, I, whether it's to do something or say something to someone. But it, it, let me encourage you right now in, the, in these moments that we have left, just let God minister to you. Let's just begin to sing and we'll pray with you after that. When you walk into the room, everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring. You walk into the room, every heart starts burning, and nothing matters more just to sit here at your feet and worship you. Oh, oh we worship you. Yeah. When you walk, 
Would you walk into the room? Sickness starts to vanish. Every hopeless situation ceases to exist. Would you walk into the room? The dead begin to rise. Oh, this resurrection life in all you do. love you we'll never stop we can't live without you Jesus we love you we can't get enough all this is for you sing it again oh we love you we pray for two areas that I'm really sensing I need to pray for. One is there's some individuals that cannot sleep at night at all. You're up, you're tossing and turning. You, you get an hour to two a night and it's just overwhelming and it's overtaking you. It's beginning to affect your everyday life. You just It's so just consuming you and, and, and I want to pray for you. If that's you, just begin to make your way down here. And then the second one is this. There's such a consumption of fear with everything that's going on in the world that you don't stop thinking about it, that you're consumed with it. You're consumed with the news. You're consumed about finances. You're consumed about World War III. And it's so to the point where it's affecting your family. It's affecting your relationships. And I want to pray that God removes that consumption of fear that has so consumed you this day. Oh, we want you. 
make it soon, God. Oh, we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. Oh, we want you. Come and consume, God. Oh, we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. Yeah, we want you. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it. Cause it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Cause it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made in. Cause it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, it's all about you this day. Father, I thank you for what you've already begun to do this day in your children's lives. And God, even those who would listen, those who were here and maybe didn't come forth, God, that you would touch them where they're at. That God, your Holy Spirit would consume them. Your presence would deal with anything that they're dealing with. That God, you would meet their needs accordingly. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Give the Lord a shout this morning, amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes.
So I, j- I just have a couple things I have to, to share with you before I go. First, I want to congratulate Mark, who's one of our ushers. Him and his beautiful wife, Jen, just had their second child. Grace Elizabeth, right? Is it Grace Elizabeth? Grace Elizabeth has been born uh, to this amazing couple. So at Cell Towns, we're about building a church from within. So all you young people, keep having them babies for Jesus. All right? <laughs> so, hey, listen, uh, we got a men's event coming up at Chestnut Ridge. Guys, if you've never been, I encourage you to be there. I encourage you to come out and have a meal with us. Uh, it's just a great time to build friendships. Pastor Dan will be at the Welcome Center to answer any questions, get you registered for that. And then I just need one moment to talk to all the parents who have teenagers. Uh, 6th grade through 10th grade, we are bringing uh, back a new version of, of, of uh, Generation 116, our youth ministry. Um, it's been on my heart for a while. Um, if you're looking for the old youth ministry that used to get hundreds of kids to come out, that one was for that time frame and not this time frame. God has a new thing that he's doing, and this one is going to impact our young people in a different way. Uh, The Bible says that he's holy, therefore we should strive to be holy, and that's what we want to do with our young people. We want to disciple them and love them and stand at their sides as they navigate through the world and through culture as a believer. We want to build their faith. We want to teach them biblical principles and standards to stand upon, and it's going to be done different. We're going to have a meal with them we meet. There's three parts of it. There's a meal, which will be amazing and fun. There'll be a discipleship component where we will teach them scripture and instill in them and pray for them and lay and do whatever God wants us to do 100% never be compromised. And then there's a fun aspect. There's a, 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 a great time aspect. And, and so we're going to hit all three components at 100%. So when we're eating together, it's 100% about the dinner and the time there. When we're discipling and talking about God and praying and that, it's 100%. And then when it's game time or activity time, it's 100%. So we want to spend time with them. We're going to launch it starting once a month in September. You'll have more information next week. And then as we grow and the foundation is built, we'll add another week to the month and get to where we need to get to. But it's going to start from 6th grade to 10th grade. That's so important. We added the 10th graders because they're going into a whole new realm of the high school from the middle school. So we want to instill in those young people. And so um, if you have questions, uh, shoot me an email. I'll I'll explain as much as I can. I have some meetings this week about it. But um, I'm really believing uh, it's something that's needed. And so we're going to be relaunching that. And so uh, last question uh, for you. Who wants to give your church free money? If you didn't have to write a check or give any money out of your pocket to the church, who would love to do that? Good, because here's what I need you to do, because I know you shop on Amazon. I need you to go to Amazon Smile every time you shop on Amazon. And then you got to set it up one time because they'll ask who you want to donate to. And Cell Towns Christian Center is a place that portions of your spending on Amazon, and some of you spend on Amazon, gets donated back to the church. It really happens. We get a check to the church from Amazon. They write checks periodically. And the more people that spend and do their shopping, because some of you shop on Amazon only, 
you, we get a portion, your church gets a portion of that. And so, but the only downfall of it is that you got to keep, when you go to Amazon, you got to go to Amazon Smile. You can't set it in your browser as of yet. And so that's the only downfall. But there's the information. Uh, we can put that up there. Um, and you can just go ahead and uh, take a picture of it or, or go to the website. I'll give you more information. So let's pray for our offering. We'll get you guys out of here. So, Father, thank you this morning. God, thank you for being faithful and, and, and touching your people and moving upon them in a dimension. God, that just really brought life and freedom to their lives. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the revival that's here and going to continue to build stronger and stronger. Lord, I thank you for our church family, those who are with us in attendance today, those who are listening, and those who will be back with us next week. Lord, thank you that you've called us to be this family at South Towns. Lord, continue to let your spirit rest upon us. Teach us, lead us, do all that is needed that we can become the best version of who you want us to be. And Lord, even now, bless our offering as we receive it this day, and we give it as an act of worship. Father, let it be blessed and let it multiply, that your kingdom is built, that your kingdom is glorified through it all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Have a great week, and I will see you uh, throughout the week, small group, something, all new stuff starting in September too, so look forward as we begin to release it. God bless you. Have a great day with your family.